Dr. Tar. This is Professor Feather. This is the Midnight Gadfly. This is the arrival of Dr. Head. And this is Bong the Blue Fez. And you are watching and listening to... All right, ladies and gentlemen, today... What was my ventriloquism on that? Was it any good? Did my, no. did my mouth move? Oh, like a sock so monkey. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh Okay, today, ladies and gentlemen, we have watched the the great movie uh, Arrival. Not The Arrival. Let's not get it confused, but Arrival. Uh, Arrival is about a linguist works with the military to communicate with alien life forms after 12 mysterious spacecraft appear around the world. Straight from IMDb. Very simple. She's cunning. All right. Um, it's directed by... Oh, I thought this uh, was the other Arrival. It is the, no, not The Arrival. <laughs> Charlie Sheen. And, no. Yeah. Yes. If, Charlie you'd listened, if you'd listened, Tari, you would have yeah, known that. I just already. said that. The, <laughs> I said the only sheen is on the spaceship, right? <laughs> uh, so this is directed by Dennis uh, Villeneuve, uh, who also yeah. did what uh, Blade Runner 2049 and yep. uh, yes. The New Dune. The New yep. Dune, yes. yes. Uh, and I think he's done a couple other things that I'm not real familiar with. But um, And it's written by uh, Eric... Heiserer uh, and Ted Chiang is wrote the it's an ad- adaptation. Story. Yeah, the short yeah. story called "Story of Your Life." Yes, right. um, I remember first uh, when I first saw this movie that I thought it was you know pretty remarkable, and uh, watching it a second time was actually even better because I started to look at all the layers uh, that were on here. Um, so it kind of where does it start out? Anybody want to start with like how this movie just kind of presents itself at first? Well, let me preface everything by saying it's a goddamn motherfucking time travel movie. <laughs> only with a spoiler twist. alert. Only with a twist. Yeah, this is a whole spoiler episode, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah we right. spoil everything right. now. Well, yeah, the movie yeah, yeah, is yeah. Uh, six years old, so yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's you know, it is a time travel movie. Um, that and prefacing, yeah. So nothing is as it seems in the whole yes. movie, you know, from a time point of view. Right. Right. Yes. Because, there is no time. Because, well, there is time, but it's circular according to the, uh, the you know, the seven apods, whatever the fuck they were called. Yeah. The, well, that was their message. Right. There yes. is no time. Yeah. Yes. Well, and, and, and when look at how they, they uh, how they communicated with the, their ink that was always in a circle. Right. So everything is circular in their in their uh, perception and way of thinking, but and so is time, and so time is messed up. But it's a there's a very big paradox in this movie, but more than one, but one big one for me. Um, but I, but I did like the movie. I like the idea of the movie. Put it that way. Really like the idea of the movie, and I thought it was executed decently. Um, it's like a bunch of cardboard characters with Amy Adams. Being an actor, think about it. Nobody else acts in this movie, and everybody else is just like dead. They're almost they're 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 they are all one dimensional. You know, they're not even you know maybe one and a half in in Forrest Whitaker because of his eyes. But you know, other than that, yeah. You know, 
that, there you go. There's my, there's my kind of general take on, on the movie. I liked it, but I have a lot of reservations. With it. I like the movie because it starts out with dreams. I mean, it's basically she's having dreams and you don't know if they're dreams or flashbacks, but now we don't even know when, by the time you get to the end of the movie, whether they're flash forwards too. So they really kind of mixes and confuses all kinds of things together. Uh, with those that kind of dream and that kind of uh, the idea that they infuse into it uh, a kind of uh, strange love story that is circular that comes back so you're actually seeing things that happen in the future but it's mixed in with things that have happened into the past and uh, I like that they with that part of the story with Amy Adams is that they leave it really open they don't explain a lot of stuff like there's a bunch of stuff that's just kind of said and they don't really there's and there's no need to there's no need to explain it it's basically just trying to create a general um, feeling of what she is kind of going through Um, and I like that they very simply set the premise up by saying uh, what's the the fundamental thing of civilization or or something like that is uh, is language she says and then you know Jeremy Renner goes no it's science um, and by the end of this movie, we've got science and language, and I mean, language becomes a science, you know, or something, you know, something akin to that. So I really liked how they kind of weave that kind of stuff together um, with the the actual kind of science. But I, you know, I don't even like what, calling it science because it's, it's an idea, it's a concept more than it is uh, some sort of like scientific treatise or any of that kind of stuff. What about anybody else? What do you think? You got any ideas about what you saw in here and what you liked, didn't like? I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed how they also kept the aliens alien. So, I mean, they weren't, yeah, they weren't anything like us to begin with. And, you know, they kind of had to discover that. So that was interesting. I like that. And yeah, it borders on fantasy type thing, you know, just the arrival. They're there. Boom. You know, know, but that could be a time, time slip. Also, you know, but yeah, yeah, I enjoyed the movie. And you're right, though. There are your typical characters in a, you know, to set up the, you know, I hesitate to call it action and, and you know, you know, kind of attention in the movie. But yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed my favorite scenes are when they're trying to establish communications with them. I, I think that's I like that. Just that discovery of it. And yeah. So there you go. And for the graphic designers and us, yay, the language is the actual big plot point in the movie. It's like, that is a hell of a font there, isn't there? (laughs) (laughs) The font is actually, you know, is is sort of the big big part of this, the the mechanic, the thing that makes everything turn, if you will. So, yeah, and I I know that it's, it's based on. Uh, I think one of the, the wife of the production designer, I think she, she created the, you know, the circular stuff like that. And it's just beautifully done, which is, um, which I, and, which I, and, and the fact that it's the ink yeah. coming out. I th- I just thought that was beautiful. And, yeah. and, and, uh, yeah, a brilliant concept, you know, yeah. of, of how, how, how somebody can communicate uh, differently than us. You yeah, know? absolutely. And, and see, so you got to give them credit for that. that oh, they're, absolutely. They're, they're no, really that going great. outside. I, I would agree with you that, yeah, it, it almost feels like sometimes like the the subject matter is kind of taking over everything else. And I and you're right. I think I think, you know, yeah, Amy Adams is really the only one who gets infused with any serious, you know, everything. Oh, yeah. Everybody there is just kind of like a kind of backing her up, which I, I don't know if that was purposeful. I, I, I don't quite get. But I, I, I really 
I really did enjoy the movie, and I, I kind of throw it in my sort of box of high concept science fiction movies like Interstellar and stuff like that, where you know may not be 100% perfect, but you just got to give them credit for really going out on a limb with that idea. Because it's like, oh, time travel, really? And then you're like, oh, the language is the method through which time... Whoa, wait, okay, that's very... All right, cool. It's like, all right, well, good. Good good for that, you know? Or early on, they make the one quote. Um, I think Jeremy Renner says it. Um, or quotes from some other some theory or something about language if you learn a new language it rewires your brain yes yeah yeah and so that's the key yeah. her brain and that's why it's about her yeah um you know it, if when you think about it there are 12 of her um because each of the 12 stations oh. yes. has somebody you know who they're communicating with yeah trying to communicate with and, and who are trying to communicate with yeah, them to get everything fused yes, together yes. yeah mm-hmm. which is pretty i which is pretty interesting too this is i was thinking about that 12 um and come, come back to the circle thing there are you know 12 numbers on a clock so if you go from 12 to 12 that's circular um so i don't know if that has any yeah that may not be really relevant to the to the story but i thought well, i don't know i just made maybe that's you know denise villeneuve is one of those directors man um this could have been christopher nolan um mm-hmm. it, it has that it has that flavor you know the, the concept of the movie has that has that christopher nolan flavor he he loves to fuck with time too and this movie just told this is this is uh denise villeneuve's answer to uh like slaughterhouse five if you've ever read Slaughterhouse Five, that's a movie where the guy is totally disjointed in time, and that's what happens with Amy Adams. She becomes disjointed yeah. in 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 her concept and her you know how to perceive that because yeah, she does waking dreams, you know, because her brain is being rewired, but then that's getting into stuff that starts becoming extremely questionable about how it works and uh, the nature of how how time even how how that um how that reference how the referential points of 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 time as it stands to that you know as it stands for us in our perception and then trying to alter that perception i don't does that make any sense um and i think this movie tries to go with that and i think that's that's the, the laudable part of it you know um just how kind of how they resolve everything is kind of not, not, not satisfactory to me. Yeah, it's because they don't uh, resolve it. They just they, well, they just say this. It, is, it, they just there say is a re- resolution. No, they just say this there, is how it is. I mean, they really there's. Well, it's there's, deterministic because they're saying that time is circular and it's deterministic. It's time is not. You cannot influence it. And but then that there that that get, pulls up that conundrum of oh well if it happens and it was supposed to happen and so no matter what I do it's going to happen. Well, I don't know if I, I don't know about that because that's why the aliens are here to get help. Like in three thousand years, this You're is right. going to happen. Yeah. So they're intervening now, so that what that thing will happen in three thousand years won't happen. So that the humans will be able to help them, which is an odd twist. But it's on but, the alien story. So the, the time can be changed. It's apparently no, no, because they know that they've been back there. They know that they've been back there, and they know what's going on. It's the, everything is if you watch it. Almost everything from the alien point of view is, is is deterministic. It's totally determined by time. You can't change it. And they know that, but they're part of it. 
See, that's that's where the old time travel comes in, which is you know just it doesn't work. If you know, we could totally get into that, but it's just another one of those time travel paradoxes. That, you know, things like like when she talks to the the, the Chinese guy. Mm-hmm. How did she know to pick up the phone to talk to the Chinese guy to, you know, but they're saying that she had to do that. You know, it was preordained. Put it that way. It was preordained. No matter what, whatever action we saw, that was the action that had to happen. Um, um, and so it even becomes when, a self-fulfilling prophecy. It becomes self-fulfilling. Then. Yes. So that yes. happened in the future. So if the past self has to learn this information to make the future that's already there, it kind of incorporates both the future self and the present or past self, which ensures that the future self does what the future self is supposed to do. Is right. That, okay. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, what happens then? I mean, but there again, if you think in the way in the circular form that the aliens think in, it's all there. You know, it's never changes, you know, <laughs> which is, you know, a, a total weirdness about time travel. Um, and, and their form of time travel because it's totally circular. But they, and my, I guess one of the things I would like to have seen, or oh, I guess I just think about it, you know, being in, in a science fiction fan is, uh, so once, you know, we have these 12 people and then it kind of intimates that it's going to spread, you know, on, into the world. Um, there's that intimation there at the end, at the end, and it's going to spread. Everybody is going to be able to try to learn the language and everything. Therefore, everything you know going to get rewired, and that's what's going to happen to help the the, the aliens in three thousand years in the future. Um, so, but they also I don't know. they also intimate that she already has the ability to look into the future, um, and I think that she's kind of the purpose that they're here that they that they actually come to Earth. Is because they're 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 they even said like at that towards the end they say do what you already know you can do you know that you've already been able to do, and that's because she was already having those kind of flash forwards and backs where you kind of get them tied in later. Um, that and she, she realizes she's yeah, not she has that, yeah that she has that ability to look at that. Um, and the other thing I just I didn't really bother me because I always think about these this the the, the way they look at time now is that. There's a timeline and everything. It does have to happen a certain way in order for that timeline to be that timeline. And if something else happens outside of that, it becomes a different timeline. It's no longer the same, you know, and it can just infinitely kind of branch and all that kind of stuff. So all possibilities happen all at once everywhere, right? So I think that's, you know, where if you're in a timeline, maybe there is this kind of pattern recognition. That's, to me, what was really big about this was pattern recognition. Yes. Um, and the And the power of a symbol. Because these symbols are actually, they actually hold power in them, you know, and the way that they then affect the brain and almost like a, a virus of some sort. Um, and the, the fact that she, she also does the thing where it's affecting her, but when they say, go ahead and touch the glass and you can write this back to us, she goes, I can't do it with both hands, <laughs> right? Because they write, like, they write both hands and they, those circles are complete sentences. They're, they don't speak a word, they speak a sentence. Um, with that kind of stuff. I thought all that stuff was really cool. I also yes. think it's very interesting that, you know, if you go with the theory of relativity, um, time is tied to gravity. And when gravity is not present, time is different, right? So when their gravity is not around inside of that ship, they literally should have been in there either longer or shorter or whatever than when they got out of that ship. Um, and the fact that you don't really see the, the those ships move in space a little bit. 
But then when they're getting ready to leave, they just vaporize. You know what I mean? They're just gone. Uh, and again, I think I love the fact that they don't need to explain a lot of stuff. So this is why I wouldn't right. say this is hard science fiction. This is this is science humanity or something like that. It's something hmm. about you know how science affects humanity. And just to go back real quick to what you had mentioned about it being about uh, Amy Adams' character, um, it, I think that's a function of it being a short story, right? Because in a short story, you've got to be very expedient with what you do in telling this big of a story. Um, right. And I so, don't think it's bad. Yeah. No. That's what I said. I, I just think the, I, I just thought it was notable yes. that there is yeah. no, there is she is the. Yes. Character. Yeah. Probably the secondary character is her daughter. <laughs> mm. You yeah. know, who, who's a palindrome. Uh, who, 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 and yes. And, and, you know, who you, you know, you come to just because of that. I, I think that's one of the brilliance of the, of this, of the whole movie is because that keeps coming back to that, you know? And, and there again, you know, a lot, I think somebody for the, I'll go to the opposite side. I say, no, this is not determinism because at one point she says, yes, he, she he says, do you want to have a baby? And she says, yes. Um, I'm going, well, maybe, you know, maybe that's his little jab that it's not really deterministic, that you can make, you know, decisions, and the aliens are hoping you make the right fucking one. Yeah, because it says, well, yeah, because she's allowed to see all the events in a way, but she still chooses to continue down that path. To take the bad. To take the bad with it because of all the good that's there. Um to, you, to say it's worth it, even though this is how it's going to end. I don't want to miss out on all the good because yeah. of, the, of the bad ending. Yes. And you go back to the beginning where she talks about her, her husband, the scientist, you right, know, who would, who would, I, yes. the way they, the, that revelation is just, you know, done masterfully. Uh, you know, Villeneuve, he's a master. <laughs> he's a great, yeah. yeah, I think he's a great director. The, the visuals. And, oh, go ahead. Yes. No, no, you, you, you go. I was just going to say, I mean, part of that, I think the visuals are so strong in this yeah. film from the look of the spaceships, which is just so organic and simple. These kind of sphere early, these oblong like rocks, you know, that are kind of tilted on end um, to the way that the, the aliens look behind that glass and the mist. It was it was something reminiscent. Of, it was almost like Lovecraftian, you yeah. know, in, in that regard. Um yeah, the and alien was pretty. The aliens were awesome, and the way they, they were pretty Lovecraftian, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, and, I, and I, I just thought also bringing in the idea of the cephalopods because the, the prevalent theory about those cephalopods on Earth, like the octopi and stuff, that they are alien because there's nothing in the genetic record that ties them with anything else, right. any other species on the planet. And they're smart, so they really could be alien, you know, beings. Which I thought, oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's that's great. I hope so. You know, that'd be odd. That'd be great. Yeah, I think making them like that is kind of like a a, a nod to Childhood's End. You know what I mean? Yeah. We have, we have yeah. this kind of alien that comes down that looks like the devil, um, and then these are now our modern day devil, which is the Cthulhu. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's true. Kind of that's stuff. absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. But that uh, I thought those are good. And I love how they floated around. And I also kind of liked it. It, it made me think of uh, the original Dune by David Lynch and the oh. uh, the the guys that bend uh, space. You know, the, the, the navigators. Yeah, the, the navigators. Kill yeah. navigators. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And the way they come into that chamber and it's all misty because it's got a drug in there. And I'm like, well, maybe that's yeah. what that mist is. That mist is what's helping them 
move about space and fold space or do whatever the hell they're doing. Spice must flow. Oh, and there's a lot of that, you know, when you <laughs> see them, like they, they kind of turn into clouds at one point, you know. Clouds are pretty prevalent in this movie, if you notice, if you look at yeah. it a lot, mm-hmm. that, that misty, you know, formation. Um, which I, I find kind of inter- interesting. Well, the look of the film is so sullen. Like when they're outside, there's yes. no bright sunny days. Yeah, it's it's all overcast. It's yeah. all sudden. The, you know, the leaden skies, the muted tones. It's kind of it looks like it's kind of moist and wet, like it had been raining or at least foggy. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean a sheen? Yeah, sheen. <laughs> yes. Not that. Stop it. <laughs> Arrival of the sheen. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I think that lends itself to the, I mean, the, the palette of the colors of this film are so, other than the bright suits, that's like the only bright color yeah. that you see. And how interesting that what happens is the communication only really happens when they discard those bright suits. Right. And it's just back to those earth tones, those mute, muted mm-hmm. tones, you know. Um yeah, I, I didn't have the problem with the time slips that you did, Professor Feather, but I see them now. And, like, I want to watch it again with that consideration in mind. But yeah. I, I love the film because of the way it handles the interaction with the aliens, the communications. The focus is right there. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't spare it, – it's not going off on 15 different directions except for the time jumps, the time slips, which – really make you wonder like okay what is what is going on with this and it is so masterfully crafted toward the revelation at the end yes when you see the fuzzy husband slip in and like oh okay there's Jeremy Renner oh, I get it because you see that relationship and it doesn't really turn into anything romantic while they're working they're working and it's only after like when it's at the end of it then you start and after she's had all these kind of flash forwards that she kind of takes a look at him and like thinks, Oh, this is, this is the guy I'm supposed to be with him. Watch it again, because that's not true. No, watch it. Watch Jeremy, watch Jeremy Renner, watch his character when she's around, when, when they're together. Now there is obvious. He likes her. Oh, the most real, real obvious. First, I think. first interaction that is because he, that's when they get in that little like she says language, he says science, and he's got that look on his face like this is going to okay. be cool. You know, I think. I think. Yeah, I really attention to him. That this this movie, man. I'm telling you, yeah. movies. It, it's Good. it's not a one watcher. That's no, absolutely for sure. You know this. That's a testament to 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 the creators. You know because this is a movie that, that you definitely have to watch multiple times. Yeah, yeah and it, and it, you won't get bored watching it. No, over and over again because it's so it still pulls you in even though uh, knowing the major events of what was going to happen it's like it's been a while since I had seen it but I'm like I was having my time jumps while I was watching like oh this is going to happen oh I was I was (laughs) jumping ahead like ah um you know like their language had, never has a trouble time slips. <laughs> yeah, I, I had forgotten about the language, some of the language, and just how how wonderful it was in the ink yeah. coming out to spell it. I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's really that's really something, and just kind of this the beauty of it. And I was, and then because you only see them from their their vantage point in in the uh, behind the glass, but then one. Amy Adams' character gets into into there with them, then you see how immense these aliens really are. And it's like, oh, okay, wow, these guys are really big, you know? <laughs> and they're quite terrifying, yeah. And then when they ink, they say, oh, you startled me, sorry. <laughs> right. Oop, I inked. Well, expecting to hear Squidward 
SpongeBob. <laughs> well, I love that they, they're able to even interject a, just a little bit of humor in there towards the end, um, especially after there's that thing where they put the bomb in the spaceship, you know. And I think that whole little storyline, too, where they're able to he's able to weave all of these kinds of what would happen in the world if the this happened. You know what I mean? So there's that backdrop that's done very kind of cleanly and, and simply. And you watch how soldiers, certain soldiers in their camp start to get infected with these ideas. And it's just like this other thing. It's infected with an idea where they, they're they saying, yeah, we got to get these aliens before they take us down because it's that whole military. But it's funny when he he goes, how about we call them Abbott and Costello? Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. But yes. what's even in, yes. the real genius is at the end when he said, because when they're, the bomb's about to go off, apparently you find out Abbott's the one that shoves them out of the spaceship so they don't die. Um, and then they you find out that he, they say Abbott is in his death cycle, right? Yeah. So, yeah, which I was really sad. That yes. made me sad. I mean, general. I mean, because you know then how intelligent these creatures are. It's like uh, that was a sad moment. You know, like oh, okay, these things are fragile. But the funny, <laughs> the funny thing is, is they can't say their names. So th- they didn't say Abbott. That's how they translate. Their translator gave they just it that made up, name yeah, because right. that was the name. So it really wasn't. The, that's that's the whole. To me, that's just that kind of weird. Uh, just disconnect there you know where it's we're just using something relative and it's especially like if you teach uh, at a university and you get uh, some foreign exchange students coming in and they're there um, a lot of them are very particular about how your their names are pronounced so yes. they will adopt an american name so that you they don't have to keep correcting you or listening to their name being butchered because it means culturally it means something much more than you know if somebody calls me <laughs> the wrong i don't give a shit you know if they're looking at me talking to me i'm like i must be me that they're talking about, right? But I think that's uh, I think that's interesting how those those two different things, and probably because they just couldn't even pronounce what the there was nothing to, relative to it, you know, or everything else they were kind of drawing parallels. Yeah, because their vocals vocalizations were more like like lower trumpetings, you know, and kind of physically right, impossible to even yeah. say. Right? You, yeah, you couldn't have uh, you couldn't have replicated the the sounds um, uh, of their of their vocabulary or their language if you tried, right? Those sounds were very similar to the ones from uh, Close Encounters. Close Encounters? Yeah. yeah. Right. That big yeah. blast. Bong. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's bong. Bong. Right. <laughs> bong. <laughs> bong. Exactly. The blue arrival. The blue arrival. It's a giant fez drops out of his head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we freaks, look at me. Oh, and he still links. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just it's just a giant dry erase board. It's all caricatures and cartoons of that stuff. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to save anybody. Let's just get together and doodle. That's what, what the hell does this little monkey mean? <laughs> to serve man? What? Yeah, I just I think in the movie they really handled just those three things: the politics, the uh, um, the military, and then the scientists. You know what I mean? And I think you know we focused on the scientists, but in the background, all that politics and stuff. And then that was just kind of infusing itself in there, like that dude from the CIA or wherever the hell he was from. Um, but you know what? They did a good job, I think, of giving their their perspective of things, right? It is their job to protect. It is their job to be suspicious and all that kind of stuff in case something is going wrong. You know, mm-hmm. they want to be sure before they do anything. Um, so I thought that was really cool, um, just how they, they were able to, to put all that stuff together. And you're right, that the look of this movie is amazing. I mean, it just it, it's so subtle and seamless, and, you know, it's not flashy, it's not in your face, uh, and it's not about the effects at all. It's that the effects, you know, really just kind of service the story and make it believable. Which I really liked. Enhance it. Enhance it, yeah. 
the uh, I, I really was pretty interested in the concept of the 12 because yeah. um, there were you know 12 places so pretty much what's happening here I'm presuming is happening in you know 11 other places um, so you know like in there so does that mean and and this is um, um, all reinforced by her her whole con- her whole conversation with the general the Chinese general which was all about the future you know and her getting information from the future that she uses in the past um, and that's and she used I, past information to get that information get, from it, uh, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. These <laughs> so are my wife's all, last words, right? That's exactly. what I said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it, that that brings those. That's it comes back to that circular thing. You yeah. Know? Do you think uh, that maybe that well, the aliens probably knowing if they're coming back to Earth, they knew the Earth what was going on at the time. Like I think Amy Adams' character has said that they did. You know, they divided it up to force us to work together. Yes. yes. You know, yeah, they, you know, exactly. Yeah, if you would drop exactly. it off with any one one country, they would hold it and hoard it from everybody else. Yeah. And right. Nothing would get. So they were trying to make it you ensure the success of what's going to happen in three thousand years. Absolutely. And it was yeah. working at first until all of a sudden you saw, you know, there the conflict looked looked like China was going to do it. Yeah. You know, and all of a sudden you, I love that talking about the economy of film. All, all you see is you see all those screens and then he disconnected. You know, yep. bam, bam, yeah. bam, bam, bam. And, and from the oh, one we... word, the word weapon, that was yes. what it took. Yes. Yep. And which which was a misconstrual, which I right. thought was mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah. When she even yeah. says that, they, she goes, they could mean tool. They could mean, you know, all these yes, different things, yes. you know. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, and they chose to because because if you look at the history of human humanity and science fiction, you know, we hate aliens. <laughs> You know, all aliens are bad. Yeah. yeah, this movie just goes, you know, totally, you know, takes it in the other direction. The and only thing they did the con- was glowing the, fingers. The, con- the conflict is resolved, you know, without conflict, without any kind of physical conflict. Except for which, the bomb. Well, well, yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, but that, yes. The larger conflict. Yeah, the larger conflict. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah Dave Earsted still when the military, you know, when he just yes. instantly gets shot. And it, it's very which much. Is another movie talking about a right. you know, friendly it's, alien race trying to help us. Or, yeah, that is, like yeah, yeah. This, this movie is very much in the same vein of, uh, you know, of that one as well, where it's like uh, an alien species coming down to, to kind of give us a little bit, to give us some help, you know, not necessarily give us a warning or anything like that. Um, and I, for one, that was another thing that I liked about this movie. No giant chasing. There's, there's no like, oh, we got to get this thing and we got to get it there in like 24 hours or what. No, we don't have any. No pew pew pew. No, it, it was like <laughs> it was almost pure, almost pure academic here, where the scientists are just trying to untangle this thing. And you got to know that. Well, I, I, I know some of the reviews kind of criticized it for that. It's like, uh, this is boring. There's no action. What's going on? I'm like, guys, it doesn't have to be all about this. You know, it's, right. oh, it's exactly. actually cerebral. Exactly. And you're, yeah, you're, and I appreciate you're deciphering that. language. How much yeah. action do you want? Yeah, I appreciate but, that. But yeah, I love I, that's that's why I think pulls me in. It's it's the story, it's the mystery, yeah. it's the uh, watching the unravel and and like discovering along with these characters. That's what makes it so engaging. Yeah, absolutely. Is, yeah. So no, I I I totally agree. It's like, yeah. And, and you see the same thing with like, like you said, uh, um, the, the earth, uh, date last or day the earth still. That's, that's a relatively quiet science fiction film. Yeah. Um, but it's one of the best of all time, you know, yeah. because the story is so compelling. And, and there again, the, the effects were minimal. 
I mean, they yeah. did not dominate right. the movie at all, and you and, know, and just used to a, it was more in, interaction. Yeah, you know, them talking. Yeah, and Michael Runner, you yeah. know his his performance. Hmm, Jeremy Runner, Michael Runner, yeah. Time, mm-hmm. Aliens, <laughs> Circular. Uh, oh, <laughs> we were talking about Keanu Reeves' version. I mean, Keanu Reeves is you know, yeah. the remake. Another circle. I've never seen the remake. I think it looked, it don't, looked don't bother. awful. Yeah, don't yeah, bother. Yeah, I'm like, nah, nah. The it's, remake of what? Uh, the Day the Earth Stood Still. Oh, oh I yeah, I never, saw, I never it's saw point, it. It's just pointless. I like the yeah. beginning. I thought the beginning yeah. was Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, it's, like like a, it's not a bad take, movie, but it's like, again, it's pointless to remake certain movies, and that's one of them. You know, there's yeah, really yeah the there's this, that whole little kid thing that they tried to update in the newer version. Just, mm-hmm. I didn't like it. They made it an action movie, There was a lot more action in it, so... But I did like how it started off in the Himalayas, like in 1920 or something like that. And, you know, you see Keanu Reeves. Mourner Olin. He's out there picking flowers. Yeah, and became a werewolf. Yeah, that's a whole other story. <laughs> Werewolves of London. Hey, John nice, Werewolf. Nice flower. <laughs> Never use silver bullets. And he talks. John Wickwolf? Yes. <laughs> That's it. Tom Wick Wolf. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it sounds like an adult swim. <laughs> John Wick Wolf. All ham. <laughs> yeah, so anything well, else? Oh, have we arrived at the end? Yeah. Never. I think so. Circular. We, we actually time we, for us to depart. We actually, we did. It was about an hour. About oh, an okay. hour yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, yeah. So. Or yeah. maybe we already did. So mm. the show feels like it has no. Well, with, I just wanted to go back to the circular design again, uh, and <laughs> how that doesn't it look like a? It, did you initially when you see something like that? Do you think it's like a coffee stain or like a stain you would see that's left by a cup? Did you not? It's like yeah. So oh, they're so advanced they can't use a coaster. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the glass is. <laughs> You, you got a giant so coaster. Able. We're always spilling our coffee egg. Yeah. I just want to see it's some. Just, so, they're gonna take see. a. They're gonna take a black light to that thing, and it's gonna look like a fucking hazmat suit. <laughs> oh gosh, we're gonna be here for a while cleaning this mess up. Oh goodness. Yeah, there was no real message there. They were li- literally just watching alien porno the whole time. <laughs> Did Carol you see the money shot over and over? There was a money shot. <laughs> The aliens are just like, they have no idea. <laughs> They're gonna These get guys here. think it's language. That's why I said that comes back to Slaughterhouse-Five and Kurt Vonnegut's absurdist humor. <laughs> that, that that would be the twist on this. That would be a, what's his what's his name? Uh, Dan Harmon. That'd be a Dan Harmon <laughs> Dan Harmon twist right there. Oh, what a twist. Did you see that speaking of Kurt Vonnegut, there's a documentary out on his his life. I think it's oh, called yeah. like This Is Vonnegut or something like that. It just they just released it. So I think it's I don't know if it's on anything streaming, uh, but I was just reading about it. It's supposed to be pretty good. I'd be interested. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind Wait seeing it. Wait a minute. Yeah, I think one of the companies that um ProQuest owns, uh, yeah, Alexander Street, I think might actually have that available. I'll have to check out the nice. dig into that'd be, that. That'd be pretty cool to see. So you can get us copies? Uh, yeah. maybe I can get us maybe I can get us access to the online. I might be able to. Yeah, we can find out. Now I'm sure it'll show up somewhere. Um, it. Uh, it that, I just made that reference because it really does remind me of Slaughterhouse Five. I'm a friend, right? It's, that's Reddit or or seen them. There is a movie too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a long time since I read that. Movie. And if you don't know, 
Kurt Vonnegut is one of, is one of my all time favorite writers. Yeah, the uh, what uh, I think my favorite one is Breakfast of Champions. So that's uh, that book is brilliant with the little pictures and everything the, you know that are in there. It, it, it's it's brilliant in that he he was able to to create something from his past because it uh, uh, yeah uh, he, he was able to create something from his past in a in a con- condensed form. Breakfast of Champions is a condensed form, you know, and so you didn't really need to read any Kurt Vonnegut before that book. You could read that book and and just mm-hmm. and totally love it, not understand a lot of it, but totally love it because of you know what it is. Until you go back and start reading and getting all the references, you know. But I had been reading him early, so I was you know right up to what he was doing at the time because he wrote he writes uh, uh, Breakfast of Champions when he's fifty. So it's the turning point, you know, in, and it's supposedly the turning point. It becomes metafiction, you know, and it becomes the turning point in his in his life and his writing and everything. Yeah, to parallel right. it with something in, in modern uh, fiction or modern entertainment, it would be like uh, our version of uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much true. It yeah. There's all those references, and they're like, "Is this going to yes. be?" They even asked, uh, "Was it Kevin Smith?" They're like, "Is this going to be a movie where only the people that have seen your movies are going to know what's going on?" They're like, "Oh no, no, anybody can watch this movie." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, the, by the way, that documentary is called Kurt Vonnegut Unstuck in Time. Oh, there you go. Isn't that funny? How yeah. apropos. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I have to check that out. Yeah. I'm sorry, what time is it? <laughs> but does anybody really know what time it is? I'll tell you what time it is. Does anybody really care? Yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? Was well, that a dump in the future? Is that a, a pre-dumper poster? Well, sorry for my future anus. <laughs> anybody want to watch me took a dump? <laughs> Tuka? What's a Tuka? Who can dump? dump? Where are you taking it? Everybody knows what a Tuka dump is. I give a Ooh, dump. Took a, where? Took a dump. Come on, I took a dump. I'm surprised nobody's where? grabbing the name Future Anus as a band. <laughs> Quest for Future Anus. <laughs> that's, a, that's the pre sequel. That's <laughs> <laughs> the pre com sequel. Right. <laughs> Where's my sock? <laughs> I think we're going to call this episode No Alien Coasters. <laughs> <laughs> no slug socks were harmed in the recording of this episode. And you have been watching and listening to... So you can see them. <laughs> Doctor Head, you've been inking all over your pants again. Unsane <laughs> radio. Yes, Grant. Please do. You can, you can go and look at the great pictures on Unsane Radio. We are also on Facebook. Unsane Radio. We're on Twitter. Hey, we are on Twitter. Twitter? 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 Twitter?
Dr. Tar, take it away. Oh, yeah, we're on Facebook, too. Uh, Psycho Cinema, Tar and Feather, Psycho Cinema. You can also find Unsane Radio on uh, Facebook. <laughs> and Tar and Feather, Psycho Cinema.com. Tar and Feather.com. Yeah, that too. Tar and Feather. Uh, Vimeo slash Tar and Feather gives us like our episodes. A, a couple of our newest ones are up. They're the ones that uh, all fe- they feature... Um, Dr. Shock from Toledo, Ohio. So go watch them. They're pretty cool. I thought you said some of our nudist ones. So I was like, yeah. wait, That's wait. It. Oh, well, wait yeah. till you see it. Wait till you see them. <laughs> That's right. I'm like, wait yes. till you see them, hey, hey, I'm not Time saying. Time slip. That's I'm not exciting. saying. <laughs> Did you behind the paywall? Did you say corno, corno movie? <laughs> yeah. Corno. <laughs> we do corno. Yeah, we don't do porno. We do corno. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, shuck it. Shuck it slow. <laughs> that's why we call it pop culture. <laughs> mm. Speaking of popping, Pop-corn. hey, heavy metal horror. Heavy metal horror. <laughs> That's right. On Facebook, heavy metal horror podcast, and on YouTube, heavy metal horror podcast, and on Roku, Hotel Metal Jam, and Between the Lines podcast. Between the lines. Between the lines. That's the Ooh, writers. Uh, Ooh, writers. Writers interviewing writers, talking about writing. <laughs> I'm not doing. And Between that. the Lines podcast on. YouTube and on Hotel Talk on Rogue. And on Wednesdays, it's We Freaks, W E E F R E E K Z on the Facebooks, a weekly webcomic. And we just got done on Mars. No, we've got one more on Mars. Then we'll leave Mars alone and we'll do other stuff. That already happened, so. Yes. You're still still in that circular thing. Yeah, it's it's happened real quick. And Midnight Gadfly will be on parole on Sunday. So if anybody could stop by and give me a ride, I'd fucking appreciate it. I got some equipment to take with me, though. <laughs> Making some more toilet wine this week. <laughs> My last batch. Age <laughs> <laughs> since Thursday. What's in the batch, bitch? Listerine. <laughs> Future oh. anus. <laughs> We call it Latrine Listerine. I see Gadfly down there looking up to the like, sky. Gadfly gonna take us out of the episode. Give me a sign, Give me a sign. What do I do now? Come on, man. Fuck the thing. Fuck the thing. Fuck the thing. Fuck the thing. I thought we were just in my quiet moment. No. Fuck the thing.